Money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success, others use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it, and how to grow it. This is Tilly Money. Our guest today is Colleen Callender, former Sports Girls CEO, founder of Mentor Me Women and author of Leader by Design. Colleen has always had a strong work ethic, beginning her working life at just eight years of age, working in the canteen at the local Geelong Pool. She began her much-loved retail career on the shop floor at Just Jeans, unbeknown to her at the time, that she'd then go on to have a thriving and successful 30-year retail career. Colleen now wants to encourage women to have the confidence to believe in themselves and their abilities, share their voices and find their inner superpowers through her Mentor Me platform. Welcome to Tilly Money Podcast, Colleen. Thank you so much, Maureen. Lovely to be with you today. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Um, the whole idea of mentorship and women, it's such an important topic. And so I want to delve into that. But you're also, you've published a book, as I mentioned um, in the introduction, Leader by Design. That's a great title. Tell us about what you understand, what, what do you mean by leadership by design? And also what inspired you to name your book this? And indeed, what inspired you to write the book? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, the leader by design is a little bit double-edged, I've got to say. I I believe we all have the ability to become leaders by design. So that's the first part. And really, you know, I worked in the fashion industry for over 30 years. So I've been surrounded by, you know, design for my whole life. But really to the, the purpose of the book, I suppose, it's it's sort of in two parts in terms of my motivation to write it. And the first part is really, it's an autobiography. So I share my journey from leaving school at the age of 16 to CEO and everything in between, including my upbringing, the woman and leader I am today. And I also share about burnout. And I'm sure we'll get to chat about that today at some point as well. But, you know, I faced burnout in 2007. So, and that's something that many women can relate to. And and certainly many of the women that I work with um, can relate to. And I I really want to share, you know, my strategies so that I can help those women either not end up on that burnout train or if they are to, to get off that. So, but my real goal is to inspire and empower women to step up, to have a voice, to live with real purpose and, and to believe in themselves and become the leaders that they wanted to be, uh, you know, the leader leaders by design in both business and in life for them. So I share lots of tips and advice and, and guidance um, you know, throughout the book. And it, it doesn't really matter where you are in your journey, whether you're, uh, you know, a next generation leader or whether you're climbing the corporate ladder or, or or maybe you're, you know, working in the family business. It really doesn't matter your your situation or role. I really want to inspire women to believe in themselves and and start living this life with, with you know, real purpose. So, that's that's one part of it. The other one, Maureen, is that I really want this book to inspire leaders, both men and women, to strive for what I keep talking about as a new era of leadership, one where we lead with kindness and authenticity and really put people at the heart of every single thing that we do in organisations. So, you know, there, there's a couple of different approaches throughout the book. 
Mm, sounds like it. I like that idea of authentic leadership um, and kindness involved. Do you find that a kind leader or a softer kind of approach, do you think that people can take advantage of that, Colleen? Mm, I, I actually love kind leadership and I talk about uh, kind leadership as being courageous. So uh, I really think kindness is a strength, not a weakness. Mm. And I, I certainly believe it is the way forward. And it's certainly an era, you know, the kind of leadership I've been uh, living in for a very, very long time. And as you know, Maureen, I've been a, a CEO for 13 years. Mm. So uh, I definitely believe that it is a new superpower for leaders. Mm. How would you describe someone who was a kind leader then? What would be some of their attributes or or some of the ways um, they behave as a leader? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I really think that I think kind leadership is about, you know, setting clear expectations for people, giving people honest feedback, you know, really encouraging growth and pushing people beyond where they think that they can, can be and go and really treating people like people and building human connections. I think that's what, you know, kind leadership is about. I talk about in my book, you know, kind leadership being the new superpower for leaders. And in fact, I believe that kindness is also a new form of currency uh, for leaders and one that we can trade for loyalty and trust and commitment and certainly one we can trade for high performance. Um, I always like to clarify when I talk about kind leadership because I think a lot of people, Maureen, you know, to the first part of your question, go to, you know, is kind leadership all just a bit fluffy and is it all just being nice? But kindness doesn't mean that people can fly under the radar. Kindness doesn't mean that we don't hold people accountable. Kindness doesn't mean that we allow for underperformance or we have no boundaries. Kind leaders make sure that all of those things are in place. It's really, really important. You know, kind leaders can make very strong, capable, good decisions and even tough decisions with kindness. I suppose you're saying it's a very kind of human leadership, you know, that you're... you're showing a true understanding of a person? Is that what the strength of a kind leader would be? Absolutely. It, it so is. And, you know, as I said, it's about building those real human connections mm. with people. And, you know, I, I believe when we do that, people do amazing things. And I've seen people do amazing things in that style of leadership. And where did you learn this kind of leadership idea from? Because, in your book, I've been told, I'm yet to read your book and I'm looking forward to it, Colleen, um, but in your book I've been told that you credit your parents as being role models for your work ethic and indeed your success. So did you learn these kind of ways um, of being a leader from, you know, probably the first people you were that were leaders in your life, your mum and dad, or from somewhere else or, or a combination? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's very much a combination. It certainly did start in the home for me. It did start with my parents. And as you said, I, I do credit them for the woman and leader I am today. And if I share with you just a little bit about my parents, it kind of sets maybe the tone for why that was. So my father um, came to Australia when he was just four years of age from Italy with his, his family. Uh, it was his mother, father and brother. And, you know, they went to work straight away. You know, my, they worked very hard. My my grandfather became a, a concreter and, and my grandmother picked peas and potatoes. And at the age of 14, my father left school so that he could support the family and bring money into the home. And 
he worked really hard and he really taught me the value of hard work, uh, watching him go through that, you know, through, through my sort of upbringing. And then my mother had a very different upbringing. She was one of 12 children and her father was an alcoholic. Um, her mother died when my mum was only 20 years of age. Um, and so she became this nurturer. She had younger siblings. She had myself, who was just one, and my brother, who was two. And so she became this real nurturer and carer. So I say that I was very blessed to get both genes and habits of both of them. And, and that certainly, you know, affected the way I, I've, you know, led. But that, that, that's always only one part. I think the other part is that, you know, I was always intrigued by human behaviour from a very, very young age and why people, you know, treated others, you know, with kindness and respect and why did other people step over people for self-gain or why did some leaders create environments of fear and others' collaboration and, and certainly why were some people generous and others filled with greed. So I became a student of leadership every day. And in fact, I talk about I'm still a, a student of leadership today. You know, I, I learned and I listened and I took notes and I became, as, a, as my book says, that leader by design. And, you know, again, going back to sort of that, that sort of true definition of leadership, you know, we have words like authority and control and power and domination. And I much prefer words uh, in my leadership world like authenticity and empowerment and influence and respect and kindness. Um, and that's, as I said, really the way I've lived my life. And, you know, I came up with my own definition of leadership, which is one life impacting another in a positive way. And I've really applied that to every single part of my life, not just my leadership world. Mm, that's a good definition. One life impacting um, others in a positive way. I like that. You talk yeah. about um, on your, we mentioned before that you've started a Mentor Me platform. How long ago did you start that? Yeah, I started that um, early last year and it was really, to be honest, something that was more driven out of COVID than anything else. I, I finished in my CEO role in March 2020 um, and I'd been with the company for 20 years and 13 of those as CEO and I really finished then to take a year off and have a break and do some of my passion projects and write my book and um, and then COVID hit. So it really changed everyone's world. And Mental Me was really born out of that, the Mental Me Women program, because I had so many women reaching out, needing support, whether that be in their work life, their home life, whether they had no balance, whether they were just stuck in their roles. And so I started, you know, set up Mental Me Women, which is group mentoring. And I certainly know the value of having great role models and mentors. And when I hit burnout in 2007, I got myself a life coach. So I understand the value of those kind of people around you. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a silver lining, really. Um, and it's just gone from strength to strength. And, you know, I, I'm still running Mentor Me now. Mm, I want to ask you a bit more about Mentor Me. And indeed, we want to pick up because you, you referred to the burnout. So let's put those two things on hold for the moment because but I certainly want to get back to them but in in your book and in your on your mentor me platform you talk about this inner superpower and you're talking about women identifying their inner super, superpower tell us a little bit more about that 
Yeah. Well, I absolutely believe that every single woman has a superpower. And, you know, for your listeners, um, they may have discovered theirs, they may not have, but I promise every one of them, they do have one. And, you know, our, our superpowers, what makes up our us and, and what makes us uniquely us, you know, it's a part of our DNA. It's our leadership ID. It's really the thing that's been with us our whole life. Um, I say to women that I, I mentor and coach, you don't need to go and make up your superpower. It's already there. It's the thing that shows up again and again and again. And, you know, I talk about the my superpower story and I'll, I'll share that quickly with you is, you know, as a child, I had this reoccurring dream that I could fly and we lived in this two-story brick house and I always had this same reoccurring dream that I'd fly out of my bedroom, down the stairwell and into the lounge room. And each morning, you know, I'd share with my mum over breakfast, you know, convinced that this was true. And one day my mum said to me, this must be your superpower is what she said. And what I realised more in later in life is that I indeed did have the power to fly, but it wasn't in the literal sense. It was that I could create my own wings. I could fly as high or as fast or as slow or as far as wide as I wanted to go. But my real superpower was in that. And that was as I flew through life, I had this power and this superpower to inspire those around me. So, um, and when I talk to him and I say, you know, your superpower is going to be a combination of your passion and your strengths and your knowledge and, and things you love to do. And, and what I, again, say to women is when, when they think about themselves, I, I don't want them to think about the hat they wear, you know, whether that be a mother or a boss or a teacher or a coach. I want them to think about what is their superpower, what makes them uniquely them, and how do they then start sharing that with the world. Mm. That must be amazing what's revealed over that mentoring time then because if you, tap, if you tap into your inner strength, which is another way of saying superpower, I guess, you must see some amazing things in women develop. Oh, absolutely. And can I say, even in my Mentor Me program, it's, you know, it's a four-week program, one hour a week. So, and, you know, there's work in between and there's homework. But uh, can I tell you from week one to week four, when we do our final Mentor Me hour, the transformation, I know that can sound a bit weird in four weeks, but, you know, the transformation and particularly um, the, the building of confidence across those four weeks is just absolutely extraordinary. And, you know, it's it's what I've got up to do every day. You know, someone asked me last week in, a, in an interview, you know, what's your purpose now, Cole? You know, you're not a CEO. And to be honest, my purpose is no different. Uh, I got up every day to inspire and empower people to bring their best selves to work every day and be the best version that they could be. And in this next part of my life, whether it be through my book or whether it's through, you know, fabulous podcasts like your own or whether it be through speaking events, my purpose is exactly the same. It hasn't changed. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. For almost 30 years, Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers have been helping Australians just like you realise their property ownership goals. They put your best interests as their top priority because they work for you, not lenders. Whether you are looking to buy your first home or investment property or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a Mortgage Choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork for you. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 13 77 62 to speak to your local broker today. 
You mentioned um, in your book, you know, you said it was quite autobiographical and you talked Mm -hmm. about you left school at 16 and you then ended up being CEO of the very well-known clothing group, um, Sports Girl. What's your take on more women being CEOs? Is there something holding women back? Are they not tapping in to their superpowers? Are they not tapping into their confidence or are the opportunities not there? Yeah. Look, I think it's a really awesome question. I think there's a, a bit of all of that happening. You know, I, I talk about the 20% club in my book. And um, as you mentioned, Maureen, you know, I'm one of um, 20% of women in this country that hold a CEO role or have held a CEO role. And that's something I'm super proud of because I've worked super hard to get there. But on the other hand, that really, really upsets me. And it really concerns me about how low that number is. And to, to your question, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges women face today is, you know, this lack of confidence. And, you know, it's the reason why people stay in jobs they don't like. It's the reason why people stay in toxic relationships. It's the reason why, you know, women don't ask for promotions or pay rises. And, you know, I, I want to support women to build that real confidence. And I want them to then be able to put their hand up for that promotion or walk into that boardroom and kill it with confidence or, you know, have a voice and, and ask for a seat at that table. It's so important. You know, there, there's so many things we can do to build real confidence. And, and when I say real confidence, I say that because, you know, there's there's this sort of fake it till you make it conversation as well. And I've got to tell you, faking it till you make it is not a strategy. So we need to build real lasting confidence. And, you know, one of them is about changing that negative self-talk. You know, we need to change the story that we tell ourselves as women because often that story is not true. You know, we we have this inner voice, you know, this inner critic inside our head, and it's very, very judgmental. And it says things to us like, you know, you're not good enough or you're going to fail or you're underprepared or you're too young or too old or, or you know, perhaps you need more skills. And, you know, these stories really leave us feeling stuck um, often deflated, and they can even sabotage our success. And we women need to interrupt that story of self-sabotage. We need to start taking back control, and we need to start creating this much more empowering story that leaves us, you know, feeling confident to take action. So in my book, I share what holds us back. I share the myths around confidence. And the most important thing is how to build confidence, because when we build that confidence, when we change that story, we change our life, I promise you. You said something interesting, Colleen, um, that 14 years ago, around about 2007, I think, um, that you went through a burnout period. Now, from listening to you now, there doesn't seem to be any remnants of burnout. You seem very, <laughs> very focused and very energetic. But you said many women relate to burnout and you said that, People have to get off that burnout train, you know, which can lead to the crash, which becomes the burn the burnout itself. Take us through that period of your life and what you learned. Yeah, it was it was probably the best and the worst period of my life from a point of view that itself it taught me the the um, skill of self preservation and and self um, you know self worth I suppose. But if I step back to two thousand and seven, I was thirty six. I had three children: a two year old, a nine year old, and a ten year old. And I was acting general manager of Sports Girl at the time. And Maureen, I described myself as a red Ferrari, and I was this red Ferrari that had an empty tank. I'd never filled it up. 
I'd never gone in for a service. I'd never put air in my tyres. I had never given it any care. And I just kept driving it faster and faster and faster. And I literally hit a wall. I I walked in the door and I said to my husband one night, I'm done. And that's very much me. I'm very much black, black or white. There's not a lot of in between. So I said, I'm done. And I literally walked in the office the next day um, to resign. And uh, in the attempt to do that, I got talked out of that idea. Um, and instead, I um, took four, nearly four months off, three and a half months I took off. And I went and gave myself the best lesson in self-care ever. I learned that I needed to be good to myself before I could be good to anyone else. So I made some huge changes in my life. I got myself a coach. I learned to set boundaries. I learned to say no. Um, I worked out what a life imbalance means. I don't talk about um, I don't talk about work work life balance. I don't believe we put life into one little neat box and and work into another. I talk about life imbalance, and I taught myself what that looked like. Um, and I embraced this sort of new way of self care. And again, it was something I had never implemented in my life ever. I was just a people pleaser and a giver. And, you know, I wanted to make everyone around me happy. And as a people pleaser, uh, you know, that that often doesn't work out so well for the person doing all the pleasing. It works out well for everyone else, but not yourself. So I really had to completely change the way I live my life. And I, I returned back four months later as CEO of Suzanne, and that's where I spent the next six years. And then I spent another seven years as CEO of Sports Girl. So 13 years in total um, of living a life, you know, in balance, not to say that we don't have moments where we have to pull ourselves back in and get ourselves back in check, but, uh, you know, 13 very, very successful years as a CEO. What kind of car would you describe yourself after that experience? Were you a red Ferrari still, but with the tank full all the time or? Do you know, I love that. And someone else asked me that question the other day for the first time. And you're the second person to ask it. And I love that question. And, and my answer will be the same is that we don't get to choose our make and model. We are what we are. So, you know, that was what I was born. Um, and so I don't get to change it. But what I do get to do is drive it differently these days. And, you know, I understand, as you just said, Maureen, I keep it full. I put it in for the service. I make sure the tyres have got air um, and I look after it. And I don't need to drive it, you know, flat out all the time. You know, there are times in our lives where we do do that. And as you said, I'm a very, I've got a lot of capacity and a lot of energy all the time, but I need to know when I need to stop and refill that tank. Mm. Because I liked what you said there, Colleen, you know, um, and you you indicated earlier, um, that too many people are on that burnout train and they don't even know it. But you went through and you said things that you learned was that you were good to yourself, that you ended up getting a coach, you learned to say no, and you set boundaries. Tell us a little bit more about the, how did you stop the people pleasing? Yeah. Is that part of saying no as well? It, it was a big part of saying no, and and do you know what? I I became an expert in people please uh, people pleasing from a very young age. In fact, you said in the intro I went to work with you know my dad at the age of eight. I I absolutely became a people pleaser so early early on, and you know one of the one of the things I had to put in place, as you said, is to start to say no because yes for me was like a habit. It was actually like an addiction. And, you know, when we say, as people pleasers, when we say yes, it makes us feel needed and it makes us feel important and it makes us feel validated. 
And, you know, I say to all of the women that I work with, you don't need anyone to validate you. You are good enough. Uh, you know, you don't need to seek anyone else's approval. The only person you need approval from is yourself. And I wish someone had told me that way back when, because, you know, again, I, I had no boundaries. I had to set those. I didn't know my values. I didn't know who I was without the job that I did. So I had to do a lot of work on myself, a huge amount of work on myself uh, to really, you know, get myself into the best place possible so I could live that next decade, you know, with, with clarity and purpose and keeping that tank full. Um, I, I talk about my, my life in decades, my 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s and each decade, what do I want that next decade to look like? And I've just turned 50 this year. So, you know, this is the next part of my chapter that I'm writing. So it's, you know, super exciting. Mm, sounds it. If you had a group of young aspiring business women in front of you, with the idea of your leadership, which I certainly subscribe to about the authentic and, and kind leader, what are some of the things that you'd say to them, you know, that if you're on this, this path of being a leader in whatever capacity, could be CEO, what, what are some things you'd really like to say to a young aspiring group? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I, I think one of the biggest things I would say, it, it probably comes back to that confidence piece, Maureen, but I would say to any young aspiring leader is to believe in yourself and to have a go. You know, there are going to be people in life that are always going to tell you you can't accomplish your goals and dreams, whether that's your employer, whether that's a teacher, a friend, a family member. You know, people will tell you that your goals are too big or they're too ambitious or that someone's already tried that and it didn't work or, or that you're not ready or you can't do it. And I'm going to tell all of those young women out there not to listen to them, to go for it. You know, we have women changing the world every single day despite people around them telling us and telling them that it can't be done. So really have a go. You know, part of building confidence is the willingness to try. So, you know, when we try, we fail or we succeed, we learn, we build skills, we build competency and we build confidence. So just have a go. Believe in yourself. And the other thing is surround yourself with people that believe in you because there are going to be a lot of people that, you know, or people around you that won't want to see you succeed or, or will want to see you come undone. And you, you are going to fall over. We all fall over. So you want those people around you that believe in you, the ones that are going to pick you up, dust you off and get you back on your way so yeah to those those young aspiring leaders believe in yourself you are good enough mm, good advice now tilly money covers a lot of subject areas but one area in particular funny this because it's called tilly money <laughs> is money and uh, how are you how are you with money colleen have you always been money smart or do you have any personal money rituals what, what yeah. where, tell us about you, you and the the financial colleen yeah, well, you know, I, I was brought up with my father saying to me that money doesn't come easy, that you have to work hard and you have to be respectful of money. And I've got to say that's what I try to do. You know, I... I remember, Maureen, and when I talk about working in the canteen, you know, I'd work all day with my parents in the canteen and then I would come home and sit around the table and I've got this great little photo of me, you know, in, in my home at that age, sitting around 
that table and I would count all the buckets of money. And um, and so I'd worked all day at the canteen. I'd sit there and count all the buckets of money during the night. My father would say, you know, without telling me I'd done a good job, he'd say, you know, she's my canteen manager by day and my bank manager by night. <laughs> but I realised from a very young age how hard we all had to work for money. And I would sit there and bag them up and the one and two and five cent coins were my pay. So I, as I said, I learned from a very young age that you had to work hard for money. So I am very respectful of it. Um, and I'm not a real risk taker with money. You know, I don't, uh, I don't go and, uh, you know, I don't have any, I, I would never gamble. I would never, um, you know, I don't even do shares. I, it, that's that for me, you know, I, I've never done that. I, I'm my, my dad's a property entrepreneur. So that's always really been where I, I've sort of, you know, been more fond of. Mm-hmm. We might have to move you over to shares so just to balance off your portfolio. <laughs> so keep, keep reading Tilly Money because that's what we try to do. But what do you think has been your greatest personal investment? It could be money, it could be time, it could be education. I think the biggest um, investment for me came out uh, after burnout or out of burnout. I think, you know, me getting a, a life coach was probably the big, biggest investment I'd made in myself. In fact, it was probably the first investment I'd made in myself. Um, But one that was, you know, as I said, changed my life and was really important. So I say to women today, invest in yourself, invest in whether that be self-care, education, it doesn't matter what it is, but invest in yourself and don't feel guilty about that. You know, and, and, you know, we invest in going to the gym or in, we invest in, you know, going and getting, you know, uh, facials and all those sort of things, but invest in you, invest in you as the person. I think it's really important. It is. I know that you've talked when I asked you the question about if you were sitting in front of a group of young aspiring businesswomen and you said some wonderful things like believe in yourself, have a go, invest in yourself and be yourself. What if we could take you back in a couple of decades and you're standing there and you see the 21-year-old Colleen in the distance and have you ever thought about what you'd like to say to her? And we always say this when we ask this question, if she listened, because we know us young women cannot listen. <laughs> At that age, yes, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have listened back mm. then either. I have my youngest as a 16 year old. I've got a 16 year old daughter and two bigger boys, but uh, she doesn't listen to much I say either. Sometimes I don't think, but I I would probably say, Maureen, that um, you know, don't try and be perfect um, because perfection doesn't exist. Just do your best, Cole, is what I'd say. Just do your best, give everything your best, and your best is going to be good enough. And be kind to yourself. I was a real perfectionist growing up, and you know, I, I still am today. So I have to work really hard at not doing that because it is another it is another sign of burnout when you want everything to be perfect every part of your life. So you know, just your best is going to be good enough. Just give it your best. Mm-hmm. So true. What success mean to you, Colleen? It's, a, again, another great question and one I get asked often and, and I most of the time when I get asked that question, Maureen, I say to the person, well, what does it mean to you? Because, you know, success means something different to everyone. You know, for some people it's success is money. For some it's freedom. For others it might be power. Um, you know, for me success is really about leaving this planet better than I found it. And when I talk about that I mean in 
in terms of people. And I want to change the rules. I want to empower women. I want women to live with this real confidence that I keep talking about. I want more women to come into that 20% club. Um, I want more women to have a seat at the table. So, you know, really making a big impact on that is, is a big part of my success. And I suppose the other thing for me really, and, and given success for me started, you know, in the home, um, success also for me starts in the home. You know, I've, I've brought three beautiful humans into this world. And for me, success is about, you know, really supporting and helping shape shape them as human beings, you know, giving them and working with them on building their strong values and understanding their purpose and, and being good human beings in the way they live their lives. And for them also to make a positive impact on those around them through, you know, their passion and their purpose. It's so true. You filled us with so much great information, Colleen. Thank you for that. Um, I'm sure you'll always keep that red Ferrari tank full now. I can't see that ever ever going on empty. And look, I urge anyone listening to um, the interview that we've had um, with Colleen this morning, um, check out the platform Mentor Me Women. And, you know, if you want a good book to read about leadership, lead it by design. Colleen, I'd love to talk to you at another time if you'd give us your time. Absolutely. It's been wonderful chatting with you and I'm available anytime to chat. I love sharing, you know, my, as I said, my insights and my experiences and my failures and success in the hope that I can inspire and empower others around me and, you know, help them, you know, live that best life and, and really, you know, add to their leadership, whether that be in business or in life. So anytime, Maureen, love to chat. That's great because what you've really described is the real idea of what a mentor is too in saying what you just said. So checking out Mentor Me Women would be a good thing for anyone listening. Thanks, Colleen. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up to date with all of our content, follow us on Instagram at tilly.money. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music.